Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and thank you and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are continuing our study on the Holy and Powerful Word of God series. And I first just want to point out that this series is intended to shape us to be men and women of God. And I hope to do that with my entire podcast, but certainly with this series. The Word of God is like a bomb, remember, meaning it remains active and it brings blessings if a person abides or curses if the person rejects the Word of God. Do you remember this? It's just a review. The Word will explode again like a bomb because there is always judgment okay if the word of god that you speak is rejected by somebody it's okay because the lord addresses that and we can shake the dust off and proceed the lord says you did your job right and our job is to scatter the seed in he meaning god will make the increase. So don't worry about results and don't be distracted by the reactions of people to the word of God that you release. Just be focused on the job itself again, which is to release the word because Jesus is going to make the increase. And remember, we've been reading Isaiah 55 verse 11, and it says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent. So this was said by God through the prophet Isaiah. Okay, so when you're sharing the word, you need to know and be confident that your preaching will accomplish in what he pleases. He is the one who sent it. The Lord is the one that says, it shall prosper what I please. So the word of God never does nothing, right? That's why there's judgment. Jeremiah 23, 29 is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. So the word of God burns me and hammers me. The word does this to me every single day. So my flesh decreases and I may be worthy to serve him. It's a process we all must go through. It's sanctification, right? The Holy Spirit came on the day of the Pentecost after Jesus left. So now the apostles received the Holy Spirit and the word of Jesus was upon them because they had spent time with Jesus. Okay. And it's the word of Jesus, not the word of God. Okay. In the old Testament, but the words of Jesus, it was Jesus himself who taught them. And then the disciples believed Jesus had to lay the word in their hearts so that the Holy Spirit, when he came to earth, the Holy Spirit could now work in the disciples. If the word of God is not needed, why did Jesus command us to preach the word? Okay, why not have the Holy Spirit just work all by himself today? It's because the word is needed, right? We need to scatter the seeds in order for someone to operate in the Holy Spirit. The word must come first. And I want you to remember this. He must come first. The word must come first. And remember, in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. So without Jesus, nothing is created. The word of God says this. Jesus says, if any thirst, let him come to me. And remember, the Holy Spirit is not for feelings. So why do I say that? 
Many today say that they have goosebumps in the presence of the Holy Spirit. They'll say, and they'll even sing, I feel so good. I don't want to forget this moment. When you're afraid, you get goosebumps too. So I tell you, demonic spirits do the same thing. They bring you external goosebumps. But the Holy Spirit is not for feelings. Okay? The Holy Spirit is not an external presence only. It's not a familiar or common spirit. So, for example, religion is a common spirit, a common power. The Holy Spirit is God, and he's the third person of the Holy Trinity in which all three forms are God. Okay? All three forms have no rank, rather are three in one God. So let us die in the Lord and see the evidence of what this really means. Let's see, once we die, what it really means to have a three-in-one God. But I urge you and I encourage you to die with Christ and see and don't waste time arguing about these things. You know, even Jesus, when he was on earth, he had a hard time convincing others of the things he was saying. Why? Because people are stubborn. People were stubborn then and they're stubborn today. And surely you and I are going to have a hard time as well. So don't teach that the Holy Spirit is just for feelings. Don't believe that. And don't preach that to people. You see, today we are living in an era of the Holy Spirit. He is here on earth. And church started when Jesus left. So it's important to know the order of this. Jesus left, but then the Holy Spirit came. This was in the book of Acts, to indwell in the apostles. Okay? This is when the true church began, through the apostles. So the Father and Jesus are not with us on earth today, but the Holy Spirit is. Jesus had to trust the work of God to the apostles and to trust man, the Holy Spirit needed to be in the apostles. Remember, we taught that you can't trust a man or a woman, but you can trust the Holy Spirit that is in a man or a woman. Now, the Holy Spirit's not in everybody. Okay, in order for the Holy Spirit to work, Jesus had to lay his words first. So he laid the words on the apostles and then the Holy Spirit can bring it to their remembrance. That's how that works. And that's how it works today. The word comes first. Okay. So are you baptized by the Holy Spirit? You have to know that. You have to know that if you're baptized by the Holy Spirit, you will always talk about Jesus. You're going to seek Jesus. You're going to love Jesus. And what does that mean? You're going to keep his commandments. You're going to keep his words like young Stephen in the Bible. Stephen was stoned. Why? For the sake of the word. He was stoned for the sake of Jesus. And before Stephen died, he saw Jesus Christ applauding him. He was proud of Stephen. Amen? So Jesus had to go so the Holy Spirit can come in his name. So we live in an era of the Holy Spirit, living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we sin now and offend the Holy Spirit, it is unforgivable. How many listening are living for Jesus today as we ought to be? What are you doing for him? Are you just attending church and being nice? Because that isn't enough. We must live for him. You believe he died for you. Right? We must live for him. Not just believe that he died for us. But because you believe that he died for you and me, there's evidence in our life. You know, Paul wrote, if we live by the spirit, we will live. So we can agree that we're all going to die. We all end up in the grave. Then what? The Bible teaches us that we live forever in an incorruptible body. So you don't just get an incorruptible body if you're going to heaven. You get an incorruptible body regardless. Okay, either you're destined to heaven or hell. 
And that body, it's incorruptible, so it never dies. It's forever. It's an eternity. And your destiny, where you spend with your incorruptible body, it depends on how you live today. We are to live in the spirit so that we can live like Paul wrote. So again, before we had faith, we need to hear the word. The word is needed first for us to have faith. The Bible says faith comes from hearing the words of Jesus. And in John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, But the advocate, the helper, right, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus is so good. Jesus said these things and taught so many that the Holy Spirit will remind them of what he said. So you hear the word, you accept it, and you decide immediately that you would abide, right? Now, the Holy Spirit will remind you of that word. So when you're faced with temptation, right, the word of God will bubble up from inside of you. You will be reminded, and then you resist, right? That's just one example. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit inside a man or woman will speak to us inside of us. Okay, there's many today waiting to hear an audible voice when the Holy Spirit is speaking loudly inside of people. But they might not hear it because they don't have the Holy Spirit, so don't be fooled. This is why when we teach and when we study the Bible, we don't want to fill our minds with information only. Because there are many stories, there are many details. The point is to learn the story, whatever it is, because the Holy Spirit will show us where Christ is and what the message is so that we can understand what it means to us personally. We need to get into that scripture. When we read anything, we should be asking ourselves, what is God commanding me and you? That's the word of God. Where is the meat that is being told to us here? Why is God even saying this? right? You and I can learn the ages and the year things occurred, but failing to understand deeper, it's a big mistake. The Holy Spirit is not just talked about in the church, but should be in the church, in the people, okay? We hear and we let him in us. He teaches us all things. The Holy Spirit does, and we hear the word so that the Holy Spirit can remind us of what we heard before. It's a divine sequence. It's on purpose. First is the word of God. Second is faith. So the word is first to come to a man or woman. Then the Holy Spirit can work in that person. I really am stressing this because I want you to understand and not forget it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When a man or woman fears the Lord, he or she allows the word to come into them. Why? Because the word is holy and important and precious. Man cannot have faith without hearing the word of God first. This is what is taught in the scripture. You cannot have faith if you cannot apply it to God. It's a sin to say we have faith in God, but not obey the command of God. Amen? So faith comes from hearing the word. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. If no word is heard, where is faith? Without the word of God, man cannot trust anyone. Man cannot be trusted. It's a sin to say, I have faith in God, but not over the word spoken by God. Once we pour our faith in the one who spoke the word, Jesus will move forward in what he says. We do, right? We move forward too. We are the doers of the word. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How will people hear the words if people are not sent to share the words? So I ask you, do you love the world? I do. 
He might be saying, what, Madison, how can you love the world? Well, because God gave his only begotten son to the world because he loved the people in the world. Now, I'll be clear, I don't like what the world does today. I don't like the message that the world is sending, so many different contradicting messages to the word of God, but I love the souls in the world. That's what I mean when I say I love the world. Remember, faith comes from hearing the word. Without hearing the word, how can you have faith? Many who are not saved are saying things like, I have faith, but they mean that they just believe in God and that he determines who goes to heaven or hell. That's not true faith. Here's an example of hearing first, then faith. Okay, and this is Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to start in verse 25. And it says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. I just want to pause really quick and say ghosts are real. It's in the Bible. Jesus was standing on the water with the strong waves and the heavy winds, and the disciples thought Jesus was a ghost. Verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. You see, every time Jesus appeared at this point, people were afraid. 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Command me, Lord, meaning tell me, Lord. Many today don't want to be told by Jesus because they're so busy with their own life. They, won't, they don't want to be told because they're going to have to change. But Peter wanted to be told. Verse 29, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So simple. Four letters, come. Jesus is so specific. Peter heard the word of God, come, then exercised his faith, which he put in Jesus. When the Holy Spirit baptized you, you don't even need to be asked to serve him. You'll just go. Anyone who is saved does not need dragged from their life to serve Jesus because serving Jesus is their life. Okay, so the command word in this example to Peter, right, come. Verse 30, but when he saw, meaning Peter, that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. So Peter saw that the wind was very strong. He was afraid and began to sink. So he was beginning to sink, and he cried out saying, Lord, save me. You know, the world teaches this today, and they teach it wrong because it is only focusing on encouraging others, right? The world teaches, have your problems. It's okay because Jesus will save you. Wrong, wrong. That is not the teaching here. If you focus on Jesus and not the wind, you can walk. Walk where? Walk to Jesus. You will make it the whole way. It's not about being okay with your problems, it's about remaining focused on Jesus. The world magnifies a minor message rather than the major message resulting in people being off the mark today. Today, the church tolerates people drowning and only says, don't worry, Jesus will pick you up. But Jesus is the one who said, you of little faith, church of little faith. The message is to have consistent, constant faith and trust the Lord. But today, the church is teaching to trust your failures because Jesus is going to pick you up anyway. Jesus wants you to focus your eyes on him. Remember, the word is first and faith comes next. Verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. So Jesus caught Peter and said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus 
is teaching us to keep our faith. Let us not get distracted so that we can make it the whole way to him so we don't sink. Amen? Let's return back to the word in the last teaching. We were talking about distractions. In Mark chapter 4, verse 7, And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. This is explained in Mark chapter 4, verse 18. And remember, the word is the seed. And when it mentions ones, it's people. Verse 18, now these are the ones sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So in the last teaching, we learned of the cares of this world, which prevent growth. Caring is anxiety about things in earthly life to be drawn in different directions. Remember, meaning you have a direction, but the world tells you to derail you and to distract you, right? So we learn of the distractions of this world. The world takes you out of focus. So for example, when Peter was going to walk to Jesus, he was on track, right? He was focused. He was focused, but he noticed what was going on around him. And the world, the winds, the waves, and boom, that's when he started to sink. He took his eyes off Jesus, in John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood out and cried, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. You see here, Jesus didn't say, If you thirst, go to the Father or Holy Spirit. Jesus said, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, according to the word of God, out of his heart flows rivers of living water. He who believes in me, meaning Jesus. Jesus is saying, He who believes in me. Why? Because God the Father endorsed all things on his son, Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus is the one who died for us. We believe in Jesus as the scripture says. Why? So out of our belly can flow living water. Okay? And of course, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke of the Spirit who is the living water. You know, the story when Jesus was by the well, he spoke of the living water. Whoever drink this water will thirst again, he said. But whoever drinks of what I give them will never thirst. The Holy Spirit is going to fill a person. And that person is going to develop a spring of living water. They will spring up. The Holy Spirit will lead a person to eternal life. And that person will not be thirsty. The person will remain consistent. Why? Because they have the power of the Holy Spirit. The person's service and their walk with God is going to be consistent. Why? Because they're never thirsty. They're never weak. Spiritually, they're never weak. You will always be strong and mighty in the word. It produces tenacity, persistence. It produces a person who will run through the city and climb over walls. Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman about worshipers in spirit and in truth. What is spirit worship? Well, how can the Holy Spirit work in a man in the absence of the word in the man? Okay? The Holy Spirit would not have come upon the disciples had Jesus not laid his word. Jesus' word on the day of the Pentecost. Jesus says, if you abide by my word, you are my disciples indeed, meaning in works, indeed, in works. So you must know the word, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Holy Spirit is not related to our feelings. Please remember that. We spoke about this earlier in this podcast. Many refer to the goosebumps, remember? But even the demons can cause goosebumps. How can you tell? Well, you better know the word. So that you can test the spirit. 
It's like asking yourself, how can you know if a prophetic message is true or a dream is from God? You got to know the word. It's going to line up with God or it's not. It's like you're out eating dinner, right? We've all been out to eat dinner. We have a waitress. Maybe you're talking about God. You're having a great conversation about God, and then the waitress interrupts you. How's the food? You get distracted, right? Of course, the waitress is just doing their job, and a good job, but it disrupted the talk of God. So we've been talking about distractions, and there are a lot of distractions. And some of us are moving in our calling from God. But then maybe on the Sabbath, for example, many want to make plans during that time. Many want to have baby showers and all kinds of parties and family dinners, bridal showers. It's wrong. Servants of God get many distractions from friends and family. But if you are living for Christ, your calendar says ministry on those days. So you control your distractions. You manage your own calendar. Yet people today, people don't realize that they are distracted unless they have a focus. So don't think it's okay to be distracted sometimes. One minute could result in miles of distraction from your relationship with God. We cannot make up for our distraction with a day of recovery. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, and I just want to remind you that this is a book for mature Christians, right? Hebrews is really for mature Christians. And it says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. So earnest heed is an abundance of attention. What is abundance? It's your devotion to the teaching of the word of God that you hear. Lest meaning or else. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed, an abundance of attention to the things we have heard or else we drift away. So in the New King James Version of the Bible, drift is mentioned here. But when you read King James, it says slip, which is to float with the current or the wind. Moving with the flow, right? Being carried away by the flow of the world. Ever hear someone say, oh, I'm just going with the flow. You don't want to go with the flow of this world, okay? It's like a boat. You take a boat up to the dock and you hop out to buy a sandwich and you come back just one minute later and your boat is way out to sea. Why? You weren't anchored. You lost your focus. You were distracted for fulfilling the flesh desire, right? You were hungry. You went and got a sandwich, but you lost your focus and you didn't put down your anger. Do you want to have your boat lost at sea? Do you want your life miles behind the mark Jesus intended for you? It's your choice. Have you ever thought about how far you will get from God if you make the excuse that it's okay to disconnect sometimes? Isn't that scary that God wouldn't be there with you? You being all on your own without him? There are signs with those who have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Right? The person is moving in the things of God. You are talking about Jesus to all your friends, family, and strangers, the whole world. The signs are evident. Right? And others see this, and it's evidence that you believe. What's other evidence? Jesus says, in my name, you will lay hands on the sick, and they will get well. You will cast out demons and perform miracles. That is the word of God. You see how important it is to know the word of God? You need the word of God for the Holy Spirit to work. Religion is knowing the word without the spirit. Right? It's wrong. You need both. And the word of God comes first. 
Faith comes from hearing. So you must hear the word without distraction. Because if you're distracted when the word of God is being preached, Satan and his demons are going to devour that word right away. It's not going to develop roots in you. You must move without distraction. You must fear the Lord by living a Christ-like life. That is the beginning of wisdom, the word says. The word is first. Faith is next. Do you remember the story when Jesus healed a man who was sick for 30 plus years? This is in John chapter 5. And it reads, Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. How did Jesus know that? Jesus knows everything. He saw him. So Jesus saw this, this man with an infirmity for 38 years. And he asked him, do you want to be made well? Verse 7, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. So rise is the command word. Rise, go bear fruit, enter the narrow gates. Right, these are all commands. Here, Jesus told the man to rise and take up his bed and walk. You know, this even occurred on the Sabbath. But by the word of God, the man was healed and he walked. In all the stories of God, it is more than just stories. There are commands like Noah. Noah heard the word to build the ark. He heard the word. He did the work. He moved in faith. And through faith, Noah was saved. And today, we can be saved. But by grace through faith, Noah believed the word. By faith, he walked the word. And by faith, we please God. Stay focused on Jesus, not just thinking of Jesus, but doing the things of Jesus. So your relationship will remain anchored in him with no distractions. Amen. Thank you so much. This is shared with the love of the Lord. And this is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.